first before we begin the show um i want to just give heartfelt prayers to louisiana and all of those who have been affected by ida Hello and welcome to the Mindy My Black Owned Business Women in Business podcast, hosted by yours truly, Cat English. The space was created to celebrate and highlight successful Black women entrepreneurs in a community who represents the culture. Get free business tips and resources for Black women aspiring to start their own businesses. If you currently have a business or are thinking about starting your business, Tune in with us on all podcast platforms near you. I'm so excited to have this conversation today talking about social stigma associated with COVID-19. Our special guest today is Jabari. She has a master's in public health and she is a registered nurse working for the outreach and education team at the Detroit Health Department. And she is one of the COVID-19 search staff at the CDC Foundation. Japari has been a registered nurse for six and a half years with experience in adult and critical care from various hospitals. Japari has always enjoyed providing health related information to patients at their bedside and is happy to continue with providing education that empowers people and helps them make informed decisions. Community, let's welcome our guest today, Japari. Thank you. Thank you for having me this evening. Um, it's a pleasure to be able to chat with you today about all things COVID. <laughs> yes, yes. Which is like topic of discussion for today um, because there's so much going on in the community. I mm -hmm. thought um, that it would be a helpful and interesting topic to talk about, especially amongst our community. So um, when we look at COVID and the stigma associated with COVID-19, there seems to be a negative association between the different community groups of people in our community with, uh, with the outbreak. And now with the Delta variant on the rise, people have been mm -hmm. displaying different views and their opinions associated to, you know, what's acceptable and what they perceive that should be accept acceptable, such as uh, it, their views on receiving a vaccine versus the people who do not have the vaccine also the people who wear masks and you know around different environments such as school and work and then the people who don't wear masks you know mm -hmm. people that look at you differently everywhere you know even in a grocery store so it's like you know there's a divide amongst the people in the community you know when you go out you know do you bags do you not bags um is the question um and moving forward, you know, we want to use this space to educate everyone. So um, with the first question, um, Japari, why is COVID-19 causing such a huge stigma in the community and how can we address that? Well, so it's 2020 and there is always going to be something um, that causes stigma or at least uh, some kind of I almost want to say polarization 
But um, you can look at stigma from various angles. You can say there's the stigma of individuals that come from a certain part of the world that um, you know, has been associated with COVID-19. There's also the stigma for people that have the disease or have had the disease and you know, potentially might have exposed their coworkers or their family members to the disease. But um, I think you know, with, with regards to the, the great divide, we, we seem to be on like a black or white type of trajectory in life. It's either A or it's B. And um, you're either like very much pro-vaccine or you're very much against vaccine and almost even thrown into a group of anti-vaxxers, which is a whole different thing. Anti-vaxxers are, are not, that's, that's a different entity of itself. But um, looking at the way society is right now, um, we, we want to just automatically categorize people and tribalize ourselves, him versus her, she, d- against each other. Um, one of the examples I can give you, uh, so at my job, I, I work two jobs. We nurses, we, we are hustlers. We always have a side, side hustle somewhere, but my side hustle is at a local hospital. And at that team, I pretty much feel like I have to code switch because when I'm working with a certain group of my coworkers, they're like not for the vaccine. They are in the whole conspiracy world. They've gone down Allison's rabbit hole and they are not not for it. So I sit down there quietly eating my little sandwich and pretending (laughs) not to pay attention to what they're talking about. Um, And then two nights later, I might have a group of coworkers where we're all vaccinated and we're all talking and high-fiving ourselves because we're all vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And then somebody else in the group might just be sitting down quietly eating their sandwich pulled away. And I think for a fact, that's majority of how our conversations and relationships go, which shouldn't be the case right now. Um, I think stigma comes from mainly fear and anxiety. That's the bottom line. Uh, people, I want to believe, are doing things for the best, the best with the with the best things that they have, um, with the information that they have. They're trying to make the best decisions, even if it's a decision that's. I may not fully understand um, or really even agree with. Um, So just, you know, reminding ourselves that we need to be mindful of the people that we're around, being careful with the the words that we say that may hurt another person, um, that may come off as negative and push someone even further away from, from the middle, because really we're not, we're not black and white creatures. We're we're really not. We're all colors of uh, people. And humans, we know, don't change because of their, the facts or even because of education. And I'm a nurse educator. I can educate and educate and educate, but that's not what's really going to change a person. I think what changes people and what connects with people is our humanness, our ability to empathize and to be kind. Um, so trying not to tribalize things, trying not to make things be all black and white against or for, and... Uh, Try to find, you know, common grounds with other people. Like my favorite is we're all just trying to do better for our loved ones. So that's my spiel. (laughs) Right. Okay. So with all of the information out there about COVID-19 and now with this new uh, Delta variant, how can we get more educated about it so that we can be in the know and 
how what can we do to improve the stigma in the community um so with regards to getting educated about it you can always call up your favorite nurse hi <laughs> um or i always say talk to your friends and family members who have had close experience or relationships with what's going on with the pandemic for example if you know someone that's a nurse or a doctor or a healthcare worker um talk to them ask them what they're seeing what they're experiencing if you know someone that's been affected by covid talk to them ask them what happened what what were your thoughts would you do something different um try to gather as much information and try to come unbiased uh we we all have our biases that's a fact but recognizing that you do have your bias and appreciating that but going into every situation with a curious mind um you know for example if you are looking for information on the internet maybe um you know try to find information that is reviewed by the experts or people that that are versed and and well-rounded in understanding of the situation as opposed to things that might be polarizing that might just have that little extra spice to it to get you a little bit upset <laughs> Right. Um, you know, just be wary of those kinds of sources um is is what I always encourage people to do. And then also um in terms of information on stigma, I just say stay in tune with what's going on around your environment, around your city, around your neighborhood. Um if you're someone that has kids that goes to school, for example, mm-hmm. find out what's the school doing about their mask mandates. Why are they doing that? What are the teachers thinking? um just being curious and and open-minded about it all yeah i i mean it's 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 a lot you know um and it's so many myths about you know the virus how how do mm-hmm. we stay on top of what's what like what i hear so many different myths it's <laughs> it's hard to keep up every day there's something different you're seeing things on facebook instagram uh mm-hmm. tiktok it just yeah So um from your experience with nursing and working for um the health department um what are some myths that you know about that are associated with the virus Well yes like you said there is quite a lot <laughs> Um I would say the one of the top myths is about COVID-19 um altering your DNA um I'll slash put another myth which is covid-19 has a microchip in it uh vaccine sorry covid-19 vaccines um which are both false so little bit of science here with the covid-19 vaccines um they they don't have that ability uh when when you look at the vial it's you know that liquid looking item in in the in the vial that's the vaccine of it in itself um and i just want to let people know if you are worried and really worried about a microchip <laughs> burn your phone i was i was talking to my husband yesterday we saw a picture of a toaster on amazon that was connected to wifi and i'm like and they're worried about microchips in in the vaccine uh no <laughs> that's what you should be worried about the toaster <laughs> um you know if if you really truly were worried about microchips uh it's too late i i i want to i hate to be the bear of bad news but they are already tracking you um they they have you they've been watching you so there are no microchips these are vaccines that are they're actually considered clean vaccines they have very simple ingredients in them these are solutions that we use for regular medications uh saline solution 
which includes salts and sugars. And then the main active ingredient, the one and only active ingredient in the vaccines themselves is the, the mRNA, which I know a lot of people are like, well, that's DNA. Um, no, it's, it's not the same at all. mRNA is like a message that your cells use to communicate with each other. Yeah. So a simple way that I try to explain it to people is think of your favorite recipe, like something you like to make. Um, as a Nigerian, I'm going to throw out there that uh, Nigerian jollof rice is better than Ghanaian jollof rice. Sorry for anyone that might be Ghanaian and might be offended by that, but it's a fact. Um, anyway, <laughs> I wanted to say that Nigerian jollof rice, um, to get the actual delicious meal of itself, I would write down the recipe for you. I would say, Kathy, um, get 10 tomatoes, get habanero peppers, get some flake peppers. I'd write every single thing down and I'd hand it to you and you would read that instruction and you'd basically do whatever that instruction tells you to do and voila, you will come with a Nigerian jollof rice that is just amazing and better than Ghanaian jollof rice. Anyways, that's what mRNA is. It's an instruction that tells a couple of your cells how to make spike protein. That spiky thing that is sticking out of the coronavirus that we've seen all over the internet Mm -hmm. all over our phones and websites. And that spike protein is what this, the virus uses to latch on and hold on to your good and healthy cells and enter the cells and start making more coronavirus cells from there. So what we're doing is teaching the cells how to, to prevent that entrance, that spike protein from latching on. So that's my spiel about mRNA and how it is not DNA. <laughs> it's just a message. Um, no, but... <laughs> No microchips either. The microchips are in your phones, okay? If, you, if, if you're looking for, go burn your phone now. Um, but yeah, no microchips in, in those. And actually, that rumor, um, I think where the rumor stemmed from was uh, with Bill Gates, because everything stems from Bill Gates, the Bill Gates Melinda Foundation. So originally, you know, Bill Gates is a philanthropist. And he had, um, I believe, suggested an idea that was related to refugee children mm -hmm. and how to be able to collect their vaccination records in one simple way. And out of that, there might have been talks about having some recording system that might be chipped to the child. I, I, I really don't know. But my understanding is that the microchip situation evolved from Bill Gates um, suggesting that we need to keep track of children that are from countries that, you know, displaced people um, so that we could be able to keep records of their vaccines. Sorry, that was a long story about <laughs> jollof rice and uh, microchips. My bad. <laughs> That's okay, you know, because we need all of this information. We need to learn how to disseminate between factual and not true information, unfactual information, because I think that in our community, the information that is false is overriding the factual information. And it's right. to a point where, you know, a lot of people are dying at higher rates. And it's, it's unfortunately, it's sad. And mm -hmm. in a Black community, we are the last, we, we are always the last to be informed or to um, seek information, right? unfortunately. Um, but with, um, with technology, 
um, and having everything at our fingertips to get these resources um, from your experience and also working on the team to provide these services. Um, what is the most accurate way to sign up to get vaccinated? Um, so they've made these vaccines like available um, at the easiest you know, methods possible. Um, I always suggest going to Michigan's website, uh, michigan.gov. So it's uh, michigan.gov slash coronavirus. And it has a wealth of resources. So places that you can get vaccinated, but as well places where you can get tested because if you are exhibiting symptoms of COVID-19, it's very important that you get tested ASAP. Um, this disease is, um, is unfortunate because it spreads faster than you can even imagine, you know, people that don't even show symptoms or might have a little sniffle, you know, they've already infected five, six other people unknowingly. But Michigan's website is for sure the best with regards to resources for people on where they can get the COVID-19 vaccine. Your local pharmacy as well. Um, talk to CVS, Walgreens, Rite Aid. But um, your, your provider might also carry it or suggest where you can get the vaccine at. Okay. So what about uh, women who are pregnant and that are thinking about getting a vaccine? Uh, your recommendations? So the recommendations that we're with, we got from the CDC is that pregnant women, as well as women that are planning on becoming pregnant, can go ahead and get the vaccine. During the trials um, of these COVID-19 studies and over the millions of people, the hundreds, over 100 and some 60 million people have received uh, COVID-19 vaccines. Trust, there's a lot of pregnant women in that group. We know there were lockdowns. <laughs> um, <laughs> But women have received the vaccines and are doing fine. Um, the CDC, the HHS, Health and Human Services, they have a really rigorous um, vaccine surveillance system, which is called VIRS. Uh, it's called Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. And basically, it's a place where you can report any kind of adverse event, such as uh, unfortunate miscarriage, or you know, changes in reproductive cycle and, and menstrual cycle, things like that can be reported. Um, they have not seen any trends. Oh, and I do wanna mention that when it is reported, they do follow up to see and investigate more, make sure that if, if there's something that needs to be addressed and is more widespread, they make that known, such as with the Johnson & Johnson and the uh, blood clots that was uh, found, very rare blood clots. I will, I will let you know my sister, she got Johnson & Johnson. She is fine, protected. Oh, um, my mom, my dad, my brother, they're all the J&J &J folks. But I was mentioning the uh, vaccine adverse event reporting system, which is available for public to look at and see what people are reporting about their vaccines. But with a caution, I want to mention that it is pretty much like a Yelp review, if you would look at it that way. It's like a Google review. Um, of the vaccines and pe people can just go online and basically say what they what they might have experienced which might not be directly related to the vaccine or caused by the vaccine so okay. correlation does not mean causation mm -hmm. um, but it's it is rigorously monitored and they do take those reports very seriously um, if you are pregnant you are possibly able to pass on those antibodies to your newborn child 
to your infant, which will provide protection for them as well against this uh, very scary, crazy disease. Hmm. So say I am considering getting a vaccine, um, but I have had COVID before. Um, mm -hmm. Would that cause anything to happen to me or any um, reaction from the vaccine? Not really a rea You might have a reaction, um, but think of it as a booster reaction. So when you possibly were exposed to COVID, you got some antibodies. You garnered yourself some antibodies um, at that time. Now, we're still learning so much about the COVID-19, the natural infection, vaccine, inf vaccine immunity, and things like that. So it is possible that those immune antibody cells that you got at the, you know, five, six months when you were sick with the disease might have weaned off. Um, getting the vaccine is like a booster shot. See, we get vaccines like Tdap every couple, every 10 years or so, because we need that booster to get our system to remember, oh, oh, this is what this disease could look like. Get some antibodies again, recruit the antibodies. And so that's basically what, what you're doing. You're giving yourself the best chance against this disease. Might you have some reaction? Maybe, just because your body remembered what the disease looked like. So it might give you a little bit of some, uh, you know, some fever, and that's just your immune system responding to that foreign thing that it's about to attack. But as soon as it realizes it is just a vaccine and unable to like, make copies of itself, it's like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'll just make some antibodies and wait till the real guy comes around. Okay. Now, what are some reactions, the normal, I guess, uh, reactions that happen to people who receive the vaccine, uh, the first and second dose? So everyone's different. You know, you hear about people that were out for days. My coworker <laughs> was like, I was out. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't. And then you hear other people, they're like, I didn't even feel a thing. I was fine. Um, so a person's reaction is just, it, it does not... It's not the staple reaction, but typical things we've seen is that you might have some nausea, you might have some, um, like some vomiting at the most because your body is trying to expel some corrupt cells or fight back. Um, a little bit of fever as well to burn up the agent, to destroy it. You might have some um, headaches. That's your body's, you know, response as to stress. Um, you know, also even pain at the injection site. I mean, it is a little, it's a little needle, but it is a needle and it's going into that area. So it might be sore, but these are all signs that your body is fighting back, which is good. So having a reaction is actually like, oh, okay, well, it, this works. The machine works. Um, and not having a reaction doesn't mean that it didn't work, but okay. it just means that you might, you know, your body might just have a more self way of fighting diseases off. And again, it varies. You know, you might be at a stressful stage in your life right now. I was moving the last couple of weeks. If I took a shot, it would have put me out, <laughs> out, out. I would not have, you know, I would have just been out. But just, I always say, plan it at a time where you can get some rest. Take water. You know, water is your friend. Stay hydrated. Get an ice pack if you need to put it on your arm. Take some Tylenol if you start to have a small fever. But those are not abnormal things. Okay. Um, I don't see any questions yet, you all. Thank you all for joining the conversation. Uh, if you have questions, please submit your questions in the comments box below. We want to know your thoughts. If you have any questions, 
All right. Now, I did hear something where uh, I think it was something that I was reading. And a lot of people, they wait until they get sick to want the vaccine. It, is that possible to get the vaccine once you have COVID? No, unfortunately, um, the vaccines don't work that way. So vaccines are, are our tool with public health, which is preventative health, um, primary health, which is to prevent the disease in the first place. This falls in the categories of screenings, um, you know, taking vitamins and trying to be living a healthier life, exercising. That's all prevention. Vaccines... Um, don't work when a person is, you know, either severely ill or hospitalized, because at that point, it's too late, you, you have to focus on other treatments. And the, the doctors and the scientists, they're doing a lot better in taking care of people who are severely ill. We're not having as many people succumb to this disease as we did um, last year in March. But the, you know, the vaccine is to help prevent you from getting to that point. Um, it takes about two weeks for antibodies to build up. That's why they say you're not fully protected until two weeks after your Johnson & Johnson dose or your two Pfizer Moderna doses. Right. So that's why you need to really think in advance to, to prevent yourself from being in a situation where they're now at limited options, so, you know, to intubate, to not intubate. You know, I'm hearing of crazy things happening in my old home state, which was Missouri, mm -hmm. um, where they have a huge surge going on. And my colleagues, and I tell you, these nurses are my ride or die. Um, they're going through some crazy stuff. One of my colleagues had posted mm -hmm. a thing about um, having to decide who they were going to keep um, in a bed because they were running out of space. They were running out of beds. They are running out of, they are out of beds at this point. It's, they're out of beds. And so we nurses, we have our regular patients. We have our chronic disease patients that we have to continue to take care of. But now we're getting these uh, patients with preventable diseases like COVID. And it's sad. It's really sad that um, you have to make those decisions. I, I don't envy any of them in, this position, in, in those positions at all. I really don't. It gives me chills to think about what some of them are going through right now. Yeah, it's really unfortunate when it gets to that part, um, it's sad. But um, moving forward um, with further educating ourselves and staying informed uh, about this virus, can you provide any tips or resourceful information that will help us to continue to stay safe, whether Absolutely. we are vaccinated or not vaccinated? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I always want to say people keep an open mind. Um, don't shut yourself down. We started the conversation talking about different tribes. And the reality is we are one tribe. We are one group of people just trying to continue life and get over this hump, which is this pandemic. Is it a way that you might not agree with with somebody? Possibly. Um, don't alienate people. Uh, have conversations with people encourage people to do their own research and make decisions for, you know, the, the whole picture, make informed decisions. Um, you know, when, and sorry, side note, when you give a patient like a consent form regarding what the procedure is going to be, whether it's like, you know, an amputation or even a simple thing like, uh, you know, the EEG, like going down their throat to see how their belly looks, um, you have to inform them about the risks and the benefits and everything. Do that. 
do that for the vaccine. Look at all the resources. Um, be mindful of sites that, like I said, elicit your emotions because those are sites that probably have, um, you know, ulterior motives involved in them. Um, always look for credible resources. Talk to your family members that are in the healthcare field. Talk to your friends that are also in healthcare or even have experienced COVID. Um, and then if you choose not to vaccinate yourself, you know, remember that you do still have to have a plan. We yeah. are fighting an enemy that is not visible. As my coworker says, uh, you, you still have to have a plan of action. So you got to still wear your mask. Wear a mask that is going to protect you as best as it can. Research what masks are good. You know, you can wear a cloth mask, but hey, you might need to double up with a surgical mask on that. And then, of course, eat healthy. Try to exercise. Try to stay healthy because at the end of the day, that's your whole body. That's your whole, um, that's your future. And you got to invest in that as well. Um, finally, you know, if you ever have questions or need a nurse to talk to, I mean, we are, our and I, I don't want to put this spiel out there, but, you know, we are a team of nurses that actually answer people's calls all day long when they call about COVID-19 and their situations, very peculiar situations. And we'll answer, we'll talk to people about it. But remember that this is a disease that it affects you as a person, but it affects other people as well. And um, we got to think about other people who might not have the same outcome that, that we might have. So that's, that's all I got. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Thank you for sharing all the details and information from your field of work, your expertise, um, everything. Uh, I truly appreciate you for coming on. Shapari, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, community. Um, as always, feel free to follow the podcast. Feel free to catch up on episodes. Minding My Black Owned Business, Women in Business podcast, available on all podcast platforms near you. Your part at this time, do you have anything you want to share with the community? Any um, online educational classes for COVID or anything that can help further? Um, well, yeah, I, I always say if um, you're interested, the WHO, the World Health Organization, has little courses that people can always take to improve their, you know, in, get, get more wealth of information. Um, but also, if you are interested, visit the Michigan Department website because there's more resources. Um, 211 is their helpline if you ever need resources. Um, also mental health. Um, and I'm thinking that's going to be a conversation that will happen in the future, in the near future. Um, and then lastly, shout out to my sister uh, for always supporting and being my biggest fan. And then also to my coworkers um, out there that I love and share this, uh, this world and life with right now. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Kathy. Beautiful. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Have a wonderful night. Bye. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in to the conversation today.